Well, it's always been my goal to make sure that things are clear, clean, concise, consistent, and creative. That's been my, that's my philosophy of ministry. And um, this, is, this is something that I talk about at each organization. Welcome to the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Join us as we discuss trends, learn from experts, and share practical tips to help your ministry multiply its digital impact. A lot of folks in ministry have challenges when it comes to the marketing communications area. Maybe it's lots of different people working on messages for their own departments and they're not keeping a consistent uh, design or communication across the board. Uh, sometimes it's keeping information up to date on your website and in your in your material. What about differentiating your ministry? A lot of Christian ministries have similar names. So how do you differentiate from other ministries? Or maybe it's just ensuring that new messaging that you're putting out is on voice. Well, today we had the privilege of talking with Cheryl Brunko. She is the communication and marketing director for the missions group Bethany International. Cheryl brings a wealth of experience to the communications arena. One of the things I really enjoyed about her talk is how she talked about the five C's for creating a communication strategy that, that, that makes sure that you're communicating clearly and concisely across your entire organization. She also shares with us the importance of not just having a brand guide, but also a writing style guide and how those two things can be super, super critical for bringing consistency to your entire organization. All right, well, let's jump into the interview. Welcome back to the Ministry at Skill podcast. Well, today I'm super excited to have Cheryl Brunko with us. She's the communication director with Bethany International. And um, so, so fun fact, Cheryl, about Bethany, I didn't, haven't told you that this, but one of our team members was actually a staff member and met his wife serving at Bethany like probably 15 years ago or so. Oh, that's interesting. Well, they do. Uh, the Bethany Global University is nicknamed Bridegroom, Uni Bridegroom University. Apparently, well, I was told that. So that that makes total sense. Well, that fits right into the culture then, because yeah, it yeah, does. And he's the yeah. Josh has been with us for for quite a few years and does great work. And I know he has a real real love for the ministry up there as well. Oh, good, good. So. First, could you just share a little bit about Bethany International and, and, and what God has the ministry doing around the world? Okay, so Bethany's goal is to take the church to where it's not. And with, within Bethany, there's three different organizations. There's Bethany Global University, that is, the, that, that is the education arm of it. So they train, and then they've got Bethany Gateways, and Bethany Gateways is the sending portion. So, so, so a student can graduate from Bethany Global University, BGU, and they can then go out through Bethany Gateways. And we hope that they do. It's, sometimes they can go through other sending organizations as well, but we, want, we would like it if they would go through Bethany Gateways. And then once, I'm doing the really simple version of this. And then mm -hmm. once they, the missionaries land on the ground in a country, they partner with the nationals to then spread the gospel that way. And that's the Bethany Partners arm of it. So it's BGU, Bethany Gateways, and Bethany Partners are all under the umbrella of Bethany. And we've just rebranded okay. to be to look like we are a branded house rather than a house of brands. So that was really important okay. to, to kind of make some distinctions about who we are and sort of explain ourselves a little more clearly. So, yeah. Well, talk, talk to us about that process, because I know 
some of the ministries that we work with, of I, we get asked that question quite a bit. Like, yeah. should we, when we're developing something new, should we name it something different? Should we not? So what did that look like for, for you working, working at Bethany on that? Well, this happened prior to my arrival. So okay. there was, I was, I heard about it because I was in an interview process at that time. So it's kind of interesting to hear about it from that angle, but I had mm -hmm. done rebranding efforts at the church that I was at previously um, at Pulse where they, we were going through a rebranding when I was there briefly. Um, I, we did rebranding twice when I was at Bethel University. So I'd been through the process okay. a couple different times. One of the things you want to make sure is that you're just really clear and don't in, I think in ministry, we tend to be like, oh, let's name this after my third child or, you know, something that's really, that's very cute and meaningful to the person, but does it mean something to your audience? And, you know, you want to make sure that what you're, how you're naming something and how you're going about it, that it means something that'll mean something to your audience and they, you don't have to explain it too much. I mean, we've all heard ministry names where you're just like, what does that mean? And, or, or in this context, that sounds very odd. Or if, uh, to this audience, it, you know, like, is it, does it mean something in another culture that, you that could be really adverse to your ministry? You have to be aware of some of those kind of things. And that's unique yeah. to nonprofits and especially Christian ministries. And that's yeah. something you don't deal with in, non in the nonprofit sector as much. But um, you have to mm -hmm. be careful that it, that it doesn't work against you. So I'm actually curious on that topic because when I, when I first think of Bethany, the, the mind space that owns in my mind right now, initially is the adoption agency, because several of our folks oh. have, have, have been through that adoption agency. So I, I don't know, have you run into that okay. where there's different organizations that may have the word Bethany in them, how you differentiate yeah. from them? There are so many Bethany's out there. There's Bethany churches. There's Bethany, you know, yeah. there's probably other, col I think there's a Bethany college. Yeah. It's one of those words that there's quite a few of them out there. And, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, this seems to be kind of a, a theme for me in my jobs because Calvary Church, there's so many Calvaries. <laughs> and um, Bethel University, there's Bethel College, there's Bethel University, there's, there's other yeah. Bethels out there as well. So I think in the, again, in the Christian circles, we like those words that really mean that are really heavy with meaning and have something yeah. going on there. You just have to be very clear about your logo mark, your look that you're in your tagline mm -hmm. so that when you, when you are putting yourself out there, that your information is very clearly you and we yeah. in the branding process. It was, should we use a cross? Should we use a, a globe? Should we use a crown? Should we, you know, and we ended up mm. using two forward arrow arrows that we're moving forward and we're, mm. we're going out to take the gospel to where it's not taking the church to where it's not. And so that was the reason for the two forward facing arrows. And I think it also differentiates us from a lot of other Christian ministries mm -hmm. that use a, some of the more standard symbols like a cross something like that. And I don't know, there's just so many, there's only so many ways you can make a cross into a logo. <laughs> Let's be honest people, Isn't right? That the truth? Yep. <laughs> and yep. for Pete's sake, don't put a, don't take a T in the name of something and turn it into a cross. That is like my 100% pest peeve. <laughs> I can't stand that. <laughs> it's so cliche. That's, yeah. Yeah. So that's good. That's so good. So, so Cheryl, how about yourself? How did you come to be serving at Bethany? 
that is a very interesting story. And I hope you have a long time for me to tell it, but I will try to make it as concise as possible. So about a year and a half ago, um, our pastor was doing a sermon series on Esther. And he was talking about for such a time as this. And while he was doing the sermon series, like why, during the middle of one of the sermons, I heard him, I heard this voice, not him, but I heard this voice say, um, I think your time at Calvary is done. And so the pastor was my boss. So, you know, he wasn't literally saying that to me. So that was good news. Right. But I heard this and I've had this happen to me a couple other times in my life where I've had a Holy Spirit dream or a voice or whatever. And they have, they've been few and far between, but it's the kind of thing that makes you sit up and take notice. And mm -hmm. so that was fall of 2020. And I didn't immediately start looking for a job, but then in January, I started putting out feelers like maybe I should follow through with this and try to find something else. I'd been at Calvary five years. I had done the rebranding. I had instituted mm -hmm. the brand throughout the organization. I had every department kind of, you know, set up to run well. I had, you know, several different administrative assistants that could plug in and take materials that I had made mm -hmm. and just put, you know, update copy and things like that. And it was kind of got to the point where I was a little bit bored with it, but I was really comfortable there. And I liked the people that mm -hmm. I worked with. And so I enjoyed what I was doing. And I felt like I had been very much called to Calvary too, from my other, mm -hmm. my other job. So, mm -hmm. so I started looking for some, some putting my feelers out there and ended up, I'll make, this, I'll make this already too long story shorter. I ended up talking to an agency called DKY about a job opening that they had. And it was through that conversation that they recommended me to Bethany because Bethany mm -hmm. was looking at creating a communications and marketing department and they needed a communications mm -hmm. and marketing director. And mm -hmm. so DKY partners with Bethany to do communications and marketing and provides us some agency tools and they are mm -hmm. amazing. Just love them. Mm -hmm. So they recommended me. I was then, I had been working on a website for Calvary church and I was um, and needed to finish that. I just, I felt I couldn't leave them in the middle of that process. So we finished that August 30th, 30th or 31st. And then I went home and saw a job posting for Pulse, and then I and then I had heard that same week from someone at Bethany, and there was a couple other jobs actually. So it was very clear God is like, mm. we got options for you. You are moving, so let's just move forward, okay? So interviewed with all of them, blah blah blah. Ended up getting job offers from two places the same day, mm. and um, accepted the other one, not Bethany. I was there for four months and then I just, I just kept thinking about the things that I had, the, the conversations that I had had with people at Bethany, kept thinking about the organization and I kind of wondered, did I make the wrong decision? You know, mm. am I in the place where God wants me to be? So then I called them and said, hey, is the job still open? Because it was still on the website. They said, yes, we got back into conversations and I ended up coming here. And what's interesting about it is there was some things that needed to be done at Bethany in order to make communications and marketing successful. And so God took care of that stuff in that four month hiatus. Mm -hmm. And then, so when I came on board, I have a really awesome communications and marketing manager named Caroline, who is just, I just love her. She is so great. And then we have a relationship with it, a contractor named Chris Cordelay that is, he's just awesome too, that helps us with lots of web and tech. And he's just, a, mm -hmm. he's just really 
amazing connections and things like that. So that it really had been set up well for success. And so mm-hmm. that was, it was really encouraging, but it's just so cool when you see God in all of those little details and that, you yeah. know, now, you, now I know where I, that I am, where I'm supposed to be. And I learned yeah. things at my other organization at, um, that I was mm-hmm. at for four months, just that I've been able to bring into this setting that I wouldn't have known having come straight from the church setting. So yeah. there was a lot of things about it that I just see God's hand in it. It's really cool. That's, that was a really, really long neat. answer. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's great though. That's, that's right. It's I'm always fascinated to hear how God just works in his people and mm-hmm. leads them through. And sometimes the things that we think is a detour turns out to be exactly a part of his plan. Exactly. And, uh, um, yeah. So Cheryl, as the communications and marketing director, what are you most passionate about in this space? Well, it's always been my goal to make sure that things are clear, clean, concise, consistent, and creative. That's been my, that's my philosophy of ministry. And um, this, is, this is something that I talk about at each organization. So when you're clear, you're talking about, is your message clear? Is your goal clear? Do you have your, your CTA? You know, what's your call to action? Mm-hmm. Is your mission clear? You're, is you, are you in brand? So clear, there's a lot of different ways you can bring clarity to your, to your communications. Um, mm-hmm. Is it clean? Is it typo-free? Um, does it have good grammar? And can I just put in a little bit of a plug for Grammarly? It is free. Hmm. You just install it on compu- your computer. It goes across all of your platforms. It'll catch things on your Word docs, your, your Adobe Creative Suite programs. It'll catch it in your social media. So install Grammarly to catch those things that you wouldn't necessarily catch with grammar or with, are you sure you use the right word or that kind of thing. And that really can be a tool for you. So, so, so what you're saying is those ads that I see for Grammarly are actually are worth checking out. They are right? worth checking out. They are, huh. Okay. Can I just say, I don't use the paid version. I just use the free version. So okay. Grammarly's not yeah. going to be happy about that, but it, it is a really great tool. And I just, I have found it to be very valuable and I'm, I just encourage everyone to, to put that on your computers, but then, so is right. your, are you clean back to my five C's clean? Is there clean design? sometimes design can be designed to the point of distraction and you no longer know what the messaging is. And I've seen that happen, especially with someone who just really is in love with trying everything you can, just because it can be done in Photoshop doesn't mean it should be done in Photoshop. That's another (laughs) mantra of mine. Um, So is it concise? Does it get to the point? If you are in social media, you have what, five words to get someone's attention on Instagram sometimes? I mean, seriously, talk, talk about needing an elevator pitch. And I know that's kind of old school to use the word elevator pitch, but can you catch your audience? Can you, can you encapsulate it in a way that gets your message across rather clearly and quickly and concisely? Um, so just try to think in terms of nuggets of information. And if you can't explain mm-hmm. it briefly, maybe you have organizational problems <laughs> that you need mm-hmm. to deal with. So, and then are you consistent? And I, and then this is something that I have found um, has probably been one of the biggest issues is the consistency across the board, because you're moving from social media to print, to website, to all these different places. And where is that information? uh, Where does it take a detour and oops, we used the wrong factoid there, or this, this information is wrong or this person's title is different. And I mean, all the nuances that make you look 
put together. And mm-hmm. if people are on your, your website and it's like, oh, so-and-so says it's there that they are the this title. And then they go someplace else and they see a different title or that person handed them a business mm-hmm. card with different information on it. It makes you look disorganized and nobody wants to look disorganized. So being consistent is one of, I think, one of the biggest challenges. So you can be consistent by sticking true to your brand manual. And one of the things that I've done is uh, at each place that I've been at is put together a, a written style guide in addition to a brand style guide. And the written style guide in, in the Christian sector, do you capitalize he, him for Jesus? Do you, how, do you, how are you going to handle your titles? Are you going to use, are you going to follow AP style or Chicago style? What are you going to use for a written style? What's your voice? Are you, are you cool, hip, fun? Are you more, are you more like compassionate? Are you just decide on what your voice of your organization is going to be and stick with that. And that's another way to differentiate yourself. If there's a million Bethany's out there, if there's a million, you know, whatever your organization name is. So being consistent is probably one of the biggest challenges I think that organizations have. And there's always that, um, you know, what's the buried information, like someone's bio. If, if you go in someone's bio, they're often, that's the places where things will get, that they don't get updated as frequently as they could, right? Oh, now they have five grandkids instead of three or whatever, you know? And I, one of the things I, I don't do is that I do not put dates in, no, wait, I don't put, I'm trying to think of how to say this. So like if you're, if you're doing a bio or information about your organization or, or a blurb, and if you put in there, uh, for, for the last 20 years, or for 20 years, we've been doing yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, then you have to remember to go and update that every year. If you say, yeah. you know, in, now I since can't do Since 2004. That. Do, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, so since 2004. So that's an yeah. easy way to save yourself some trouble and make sure that you stay consistent. So watch mm-hmm. for things like that. I think that's a, that's a big deal. And then the last C, so it's clear, clean, concise, consistent, and creative. And the last C is creative. Is it interesting visually? Is it engaging? Is it going to, is it going to grab your audience? Does it, does it again, is it in brand? Does it tell your story? And is it something that people would want to check you out for because of that cool website or that the way you handle that graphic or that, that animation in your digital or, you know, what, what, you know, those kind of things. So is it creative enough to grab attention and, and compete for creativity we're all competing okay. in a in a the, the environment's very competitive yeah. right now as far as far as creativity and it's hard to be noticed in this space yeah. creatively so no that that's that's really good that's a uh, um, clear and concise really overview of what a communication and marketing director does that's that's mm-hmm. great if we can press into that consistent piece a little bit more because i've seen that as well and mm-hmm. as an organization grows, you bring on new people that have new ideas. And so, so how, how do you, um, I mean, the brand style guide, that's, that's good. And you can have those, but in the written style guide, that's, that's fantastic. How do you enforce that without being, everybody thinks that you're a Gestapo. I was going to say, you have to be very heavy handed. <laughs> well, yeah. You, it, it, yeah. Yeah. No, you, that's a really good question. I'm really fortunate in the space that I'm currently in at Bethany. Everybody is so excited to have somebody finally be in charge of communications and marketing that they Mm. are coming to us and asking questions and how should we do this? And what do you think about that? And, you know, what would you like this to look like? And what would you like to sound like? So I'm really fortunate Mm -hmm. 
where I'm at right now, that people are being very respectful of that communications and marketing. I've been in spaces where it hasn't been that way. Um, mm -hmm. At Bethel University, I won't name departments, but there were there were a couple departments that did not want to have anything to do with marketing. They wanted to do everything on their own. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so do you have any tips? So or that tricks? is challenging. Um, yeah, yeah tips for somebody and tricks. who might be in that in that setting, yeah, because I'm sure yeah. there's somebody listening to us who is doing yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I will say um, in the church setting, particularly because I'm I'm guessing that a lot of your audience is in the church setting. Um, it's just super important to build relationships with all of your pastors mm. and all your directors, just get in there and get to know people. So one of the things I like to do is go into an organization and just meet and greet everybody, just meet and greet all the key players mm -hmm. and not just, not just for politics, but you seriously want to get to know them. You want to get to know their mm -hmm. heart. You want to hear what they love about their ministry. And when you have those conversations, it's just so cool to see why God has placed each of those people there. And that, you know, that person who's the children's ministry director, you know, my good friend, Christy from Calvary church, she, she's so passionate about bringing kids to Jesus mm. and just to hear her heart for that, then it helps, you know, how mm. to do communications for that particular ministry arm. And so just listen, get in there, meet mm. and greet people, listen to them. If you are a listener, they will not think you are the Gestapo. If you are mm -hmm. the person who is, uh, but if you're going to just, you know, go in and say, well, I'm the communications and marketing director and you have to listen to me. Nobody's going to listen to that. You got to be mm -hmm. their friend and their colleague, which is what I think you want to be anyways. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. I think everybody mm -hmm. wants to be seen as an ally in their, in their role. Um, so I think that that's really key is to build relationships um, get to know people, get hear their heart for ministry, and then just find out, you know, why they do what they do. And they'll, they'll give you a lot of material too, for, mm. you know, to use for communications that just, that is great. So love mm. that too. That, that's good. So then when you do have to say, Hey, it shouldn't have been that way. It's more like a friend interacting with a friend, not exactly. A, uh, Exactly. Uh, not a cross department tension or whatever. Yeah. No, that's right. Right. And I think, you know, there's so many different things you can do to build tools that will help everybody do their job better. And then the digital space, I, I think building a good photo archive is really key. Hmm. And so make sure you have the photos, make sure, cause you're getting photos from all over the place, right? People are taking mm -hmm. them on the phone, somebody, then you hire some professional photography and then some, then you've got a student intern and you've got all these sources. So find a, a place to store those, catalog them, have them clearly delineated. So you know where to find the imagery when you need it. And, and then that helps you with that storytelling and, and I know that I always hire a professional photographer to come in and say, do, okay, mm -hmm. we're going to do photography on this day, this day, and this day in the church setting. You can do that for your fall launch. You can do it around Christmas time. You can, you know, pick seasons of time when you would want to do that, that are mm -hmm. key to your ministry, you know, when there's a lot of energy around and, and try to get those mm -hmm. candid shots. And then, um, so that it's not, so that it's editorial feeling and not, you know, just five people standing and looking at the camera, you know, again, cause that speaks to the creative, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I sort of got off on a photo tangent there, but I think that's another way to tell the stories of your ministries. And, and if people see you caring about the, their ministry enough to come in and take pictures of the kids playing with blocks and read, yeah. have someone reading a story to them and all that, then, you know, that again, it's, it, it's just all, you love what you do as a communication and marketing professional and 
you want others to see, you want other ministries to be seen with as much joy as your ministry yeah. is. And, and really, yeah. you know, as a communications and marketing person, you are a service to your organization. You know, you're yeah. not, you're, you're similar to like HR and to finance and those ministries mm -hmm. where you serve the, the larger organization. Mm -hmm. So, and I, and I hope that um, m most people out there can be in a place where your set, your organization, your organization is set up for success. And, and that's not, that's a tough thing in churches. Cause I don't know that everybody sees communications and marketing or nonprofits sees them as a real valid need. And it's such yeah. a need, right? It is. It is. And so I think yeah. that if we it's can the first, see, it's the first impression that people think about your, your organization or your ministry. Right. And, you're behind the scenes yeah. yet. You're the first thing they yep. see, right? Yep. Yep. Oh, let's do a t-shirt right. of that. You're behind the scenes. yet It's the first <laughs> thing you see. Yeah. Yeah. So, Good. so, so quick, quick question, actually a couple of questions. One is on the bringing in professional photographers, uh, especially in the church space. Have you ever found that there's tension between some people may not want to be photographed and don't want their information to be out there or do you get permission or how, how have you handled that? Especially when you're in a church, in a church oh. setting where you have a congregation. Okay. That's a really good question. Um, so what we do in, what we did in the church is in the pro so kids have to sign up to be mm -hmm. part of the program. So that's, that's an easy one. So if they're mm -hmm. under 18, the parents are signing them up and then we just put a check marks as, as part of our signing them up for the fall programs or our winter programs or summer jam or whatever that was our, like our vacation Bible school, we would have a, a little checkbox that this is you're, you're agreeing to have your photos, your child's photos mm -hmm. used. We did not have a way to gather that information for adults. And frankly, it's too hard. I mean, you're, you've mm -hmm. got people that are coming and going in a church setting. It's not like they sign up to be at the school at the, you know, at the university setting, you can have that be one of your check boxes. And then you know mm -hmm. that everybody who's enrolled here has signed it, signed up, but you can't do that with, you've got people coming and going and visitors and aunts and uncles and cousins and friends. And so you can't really do yeah. that. I, what I have found is it seems to be best to just put your stuff out there. If someone asks you to take it down, you take it down. And it can yeah. happen even yeah. if with people who have signed forms that they yeah. can ask you to take something down. So you just, and it's, it's fairly rare that you have to take something down. Now at yeah. Bethany, we have a little more of a challenge. And I've actually been talking to Carolyn, my communications and marketing manager about this, that how do we, how are we going to, ensure that we have that our people out there are safe because some of them are in places where people can't know that they're there or, or, or they yeah. can't be, they can't be obvious why they're there. The countries aren't, it's not really safe to be in there as a Christian. And so to yeah. publicize them on social media or whatever, we'd have to be really careful. So, you know, can we just use a first name? Can we talk about someone is in this country? And, and so we are going to have a conversation next week with some key people from gateways, Bethany gateways, and talk about how, you know, what is, what do you recommend for this so that we can, we have to be able to tell some stories, yeah. but how do we do that? And then keep our people safe. 
And there's certain countries that are safe and there's certain, you know, that it's, we can tell any story from this country, but others not so much. So that's a yeah. whole nother layer. So we've got our Bethany yeah. Global University. We can tell those stories because those students are enrolling here. We'll make sure they check a box that says, yep, I, I'm okay with taking my pictures taken. And frankly, what 18 to 21 year old is not okay with their picture being taken. They're like, <laughs> oh, a camera, huh? you know, here I am. Take my picture. Yep. Um, yep. So that's not usually an issue, um, but the, the safety of our missionaries is more of an issue, but we also yeah. have such great stories to tell. So, yeah. And that's what captures the heart too. It so. captures the heart. So how did, yeah. so that's a, that's a constant push and pull there, but yeah. yeah. So, Anything so, that we have on our website, we have given permission. We have been given permission yeah. to use those stories and images. So is there a story that you can share from Bethany international that really has touched your heart? as, uh, as we're talking stories. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm fairly new to the organization. I've only been here two months right now. Um, but I would say that I had come to the fundraising dinner that, um, for something they call engage exponential last fall, when I was originally interviewing for this position and there was a missionary up there who was telling stories about people in the country that he was at that were getting their hands chopped off for being believers oh. in the gospel in believers in Jesus. And yet they still proclaimed the gospel and they still believed mm. in God. And I, that just impacted me so greatly. I kept thinking after that, um, that gathering, I, my husband and I were talking about it and I just, we were like, I don't know. I don't know if I would still believe in Jesus, if I lost a hand or a wow. foot or whatever, you know, I don't know if I have that kind of faith. So when I heard about that level of faith and that there, that this organization is helping people who are in those kind of circumstances mm. come to Jesus. So they may lose their hand or hand or foot here, you know, but they've, they, they have eternal, they have eternal salvation and they, you know, they will be whole and wonderful in heaven. Mm. And they understand that. And I don't know that, that you know, I don't know. Could you, <laughs> Chad, could you lose I, a hand and still believe in God? I don't know. You know, you know, yeah. I've, I've had those conversations with my kids. It's like, you know, where, uh, if we lived in another country or if persecution were to come here, uh, you know, what would it take for us to, to still name the name of Jesus? And, uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think some of those things you don't know until you're under pressure. We'd like to think that we, that we would, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's, yeah. well, I hope I never know. <laughs> yeah. I never have to have to know well, the answer to that question. Well, that, that's what I so appreciate about mission agencies like Bethany international that are serving in places where even the missionaries are at risk and, uh, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Being God, yeah. God's hands and feet over there. Yeah. yeah. So, so with you, you only um, with you fairly recently coming to Bethany International, and it sounds like you there hasn't been a communications and marketing director consistent consistently. You're probably in the process of of building some teams. Um, is that yeah. accurate? And how, that is, what's that, that process is, that looking is, like right now? That's oh, that's a fun question. Yeah. So the there was no communications and marketing. Um, what people just had there there hasn't. Not only has there not been a director, there hasn't been a department. So mm. there, 
they worked with an agency, outside agency. And again, I, this is, I only know recent history. So they have this partnership with DKY, mm -hmm. um, agency in Edina and shout out to that team. They are awesome. They, so that partnership was utilized for the communications and marketing needs. And then people just made their own signs and, and, you know, this person did their own brochure, brochure on publisher or Canva or that kind of thing. And, and then obviously you can tell that there's different people doing it and it's not on, under one umbrella. Right. And so they, they've been doing it all themselves and they're so grateful to have the support now. So we are gradually building this team. Um, Caroline was in place before I was. So, she, so she started last October, I believe, I think like, yeah, she started in October of 2021. And so she was kind of acting as manager and director for a while there. So bless her heart that she was able to do two, two roles for a while there. But she partnered with our agency. And then um, they brought in this consultant whose name is Chris Cordelay. Then from there, the, we're starting to build out what the other pieces might be. And, mm -hmm. it, and so we've got two video, video people who had been only doing video for the university that are going to be, be begin reporting to me shortly. And then, so that, so then we've got beef up our department with video and who doesn't need more video people, more help. Right. And then mm -hmm. um, probably going to be adding a database person someday be great to, or to maybe have a writer specific to just advancement needs. You know, I can see that we, there, there can be a lot of different things we can do as we can grow, as we can add positions. So thinking strategically about those positions, but I'm thankful that there was people thinking about the strategy of this department prior to me coming on. So me coming yeah. on, it wasn't, I'm really fortunate and there's others out there that don't have somebody else doing that for them. They have to do it all on their own, but just yeah. be thinking about the, the, the areas of need that you see in your organization and where you might, um, you know, can you get some volunteers involved, especially mm -hmm. in the church setting? You know, my goodness, mm -hmm. there's probably some really great photographers out there who would be happy to serve in that way and help you with some photography. And um, this, you know, I used mm -hmm. to have a couple proofers that mm -hmm. I had worked with at previous places that helped me with proofing at my job at Calvary Church. And I just loved that those ladies would, would just go through with a fine tooth comb and catch all the stuff I missed and yeah. make sure that, yeah. th that our stuff was just really clear and clear and consistent and, you know, no typos and just made us really look quality. And I loved that. So there's people who want to serve that can serve you in a volunteer capacity. That's a, that's a great tip as far as utilizing volunteers. I know when I worked inside of a ministry, I think we had a core of 50 volunteers just doing a transcribing and editing process for our, for our radio program. And oh, I mean, wow. that was bef before you had transcribely and some of the others, mm -hmm. um, to be able to That's automate it. But that was, that was a, that was a, 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 it was a, it was a great opportunity to allow people who have heart connections to the ministry to be able to give back in more than just mm -hmm. a monetary way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. Also, as you're going through and building out your department, um, I know I talk with a lot of folks that whether it's in digital or marketing communications, uh, like, like how do you help upper management engage and get on board with the initiatives that, you know, are important for the overall ministry? Hmm. Wow. That's a good one too. We have good questions, Chad. Um, I think put together a clean proposal. Hmm. 
you know, don't, don't go to somebody like I used to make the mistake of going to my senior pastor at Calvary with, um, Hey, I got this idea and I want to do this thing. And it'd be like, you know, deer in the headlights, like, first of all, he's probably thinking money or, you know, but I'm sure it was just, just coming to him with an idea without fleshing it out. How, how do you expect someone Mm -hmm. to catch your vision? So I think Mm -hmm. anything you can do to help someone catch your vision, put together a PowerPoint Mm -hmm. with, with, um, some data on something like we're ca- we're losing people here, or this is an area where we're not seeing growth, or this you know we this service is way more attended than this service. What can we do there? Or uh, mm-hmm. you know, since Calvary was my most recent long-term mm-hmm. job, that's the one I keep thinking of. But um, anything you can do to put together costs to do what you want to do. And Mm -hmm. to help them catch your vision and how you're going to make it happen. And then a timeline. So include the details that somebody who's, who's not as Mm -hmm. passionate or as creative as you are, help them catch that vision. And because usually your Mm -hmm. senior management is going to be the people that are looking at dollars and Mm -hmm. details, you know, so then, you know, what Mm -hmm. can you do to help them understand that? So. No, that that's really good. Cause I think a lot of times, like you said, especially creatives or, have this idea that sometimes might be way out there and to be able to help others around them, to be able to mm-hmm. catch the vision, give the reason why, be able to show whether it's data, whether it's images, and then answer their questions before they even ask them, like mm-hmm. around the cost and those details. So right, you know, that's, right. that's really good. That's really yeah. good. So, so Cheryl, I'm, I'm just curious, something we ask in, in all of our podcasts, what's one book or blog or resource that you've come across recently that has it has had an impact and this could be it could be related to communications but it could be anything that you're that uh, that you're reading right now oh can i can i give it more than one recommendation is that okay yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> so the the book that i just reread that was for coming into a missions organization that was really good is um the poisonwood bible by barbara kingsolver and it's it's not a poison poisonwood poison yeah, Poisonwood okay. Bible. And it's because there's this poisonwood tree in Africa that if you touch it, the sap, you know, gives you this horrid mm. rash, whatever. And it, it's it's a really good book on someone who goes into missions with the with the kind of the colonial mindset mm. and the, the disasters that happen because of that, you know, because of not understanding mm. the people that they're going in to see. And so I reread yeah. that and it was just, you know, it's just, I've read it before. It's an older book I've written in the nineties or something, and, but that was really helpful for coming into this role again, just to kind of get my mind around that. But the yeah. best book I've read on communications is Kim Meyer's book. Her name is K E M. M-E-Y-E-R-S, and her book is called Less Chaos, Less Noise, and it's talking about effective communication um, in the church, and it is, for anybody who is doing church communications, I would recommend that, and I think it could translate to nonprofits as other nonprofits as well, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that book by Kim Myers is really good. She's no, she was at a church at the time she wrote the book, and she's no longer, but that's a really good one. Um, anything you can read by Patrick Lencioni, you've all read five dysfunctions of a team, right? Um, those mm-hmm. kind of books, yep. anything yep. by him is good. Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull mm-hmm. is a really good book to talk about, how, you know, how your team, for, for a, a team that you, that might be kind of out there and how to, 
it, I, I don't even know how to encapsulate that book. It's just got a lot of isn't, really good isn't stories. Isn't that the one that's about Pixar? Yes. The beginnings yeah, of that's Pixar. Pixar and yeah, yeah no, you're yeah. absolutely right. That's a, yeah, that's another yeah. really good one. Yeah. And as far as like podcasts that I listen to, my favorite is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. So I'm sorry. And yours, of course. But um, no, I love I listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me every week. That's one of my favorites. It's okay. just hilarious. I get my I get my news that way. Isn't that sad? Huh. Yeah, no, that's great. That's good. Well, good. that's not well, that's not communications related. And it, yeah, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard. I, I haven't heard. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Is that? Uh, oh, tell me about that one. It's an NPR podcast, and it's okay. kind of a fake. It's okay. kind of a fake news show. So, like, okay. they 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 ask questions related to the news, and like, have their panelists guess what the right answer is, and then they tell stories, and then they have guests and stuff, and ask them questions that are. They say that they call it "Not My Job" as a segment. So, okay. so okay. they ask somebody questions about something that's like a, as polar opposite from that person's job as it could be. It, it's just it's it's light entertainment. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. It's Saturday. I'll have to go stuff. Check that one out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's fun. Good. Well, Cheryl, how can people best contact you if they want to learn more about the ministry or even sure. your approach to, uh, to communications and marketing? Yeah, well, um, I'm, I'm sure welcome. I'll welcome any email communication, Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, B as in boy, R-U-N-K-O-W at gmail.com. And okay. you know, send me that way or through LinkedIn is fine. Um, that's, I'm happy to connect Great. through LinkedIn. I'm not on Facebook too much anymore. I got kind of tired of that whole platform, didn't we all? I um, resemble that. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the best. Yeah, so that would be the yeah. best way to contact. Okay. Me, so. Well, great. Well, Cheryl, thanks so much. This has been really, really good. I especially appreciate your your five C's around uh, communication and marketing, and uh, I know our our listeners will will gain have gained a lot from that as well. So well, thanks thank for, you much so for much for having today. me. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You could tell that Cheryl has a wealth of experience when it comes to the areas of communications and marketing and um, uh, just bringing that to bear with the different organizations that she's had the privilege of working for. If you want to learn more about how to connect with Cheryl or get the details on the uh, the books that she mentioned at the end, I'd encourage you to go to 5q.com slash podcast and you can get all the show notes right there. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and then drop a comment in your favorite podcast platform. We'd really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening to Ministry at Scale. Until next week, keep learning, keep growing, and keep impacting your world for Christ.